Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. Let's get ready to enter into the Word. Um, I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 18. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 18. Sometimes for the reading of the Word, we stand. Other times, we we stay seated. Um, We don't believe that um, we are wrong if we stay seated or we're wrong if we stand. Sometimes we do one way, sometimes we do it the other way. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Today our theme is Jesus, the reason for Christmas. Jesus, the reason for Christmas. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We read, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together... She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Father, we thank you for the teaching of your word. I pray, Father, that it would land in our hearts this morning, that it would resonate with us, that as we approach next Sunday, next Monday, as we approach our Christmas season, our Christmas day, Lord, that we would approach it always remembering that you, Jesus, are the reason for Christmas. I pray, Lord God, that it would... uh, It would resonate within our hearts and it would transcend every part of our home, our family, our children. Um, You are the reason for Christmas. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Jesus, Jesus, the reason for Christmas. It's a beautiful season. This time of year is a special time of year. It's awesome because we get time off from work. We share with family. We share with the church family. Everyone puts on a few holiday pounds. It's part of our culture. Arroz con gandules, penil. I eat tembleque once a year Christmas. My mother-in-law makes an awesome tembleque. If you don't know what tembleque is, you should, right? Right? We, we, we enjoy this season. We enjoy the reaction of our children, right? They open up gifts and we video it and, and their excitement and their joy. What, what, what a joy for us. It's a beautiful time of year. 
Um, but we must never forget the reason for Christmas. It is to celebrate the Savior of the world. He is the perfect gift. He is a personal gift. He's a powerful gift. He is perfect for us. 2,000 years ago, born in a manger in Bethlehem, he entered into our world as the Son of Man, as the Son of God, as Emmanuel, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And he is the reason for Christmas. We live in a time when we constantly are reminded that this world needs a savior. We live in a time when we see so much hurt and pain. We see isolation. We see hatred. We see racism. Uh, we see sin abound. What this world needs is Jesus. He is the savior of the world. We have always heard that Jesus is the answer. He is the answer to a lost world's need. A savior that can save us from condemnation, and he doesn't only just save us from condemnation, but he also gives us peace in this life and leads us in this life. He gives us this beautiful life of faith that we have in him, a life of righteousness. And we're reminded of this as we celebrate Christmas because Jesus is the reason for Christmas. But some would ask, how can I be sure? What can convince me that Jesus is the Savior of the world. It's, uh, I don't want it just to be my culture, my upbringing, or my religion, but how can I be convinced that Jesus is the Savior of the world? So today, as we approach uh, this Christmas season, let us be reminded of the incarnation. Let us be reminded of Christ. Let us be reminded that God the Father created a way for humanity to be saved and his name is Jesus. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. From the reading that we have today, I want to share with you four teachings, four observations that point to Jesus as the Savior of the world. The first one is, in these verses we're reminded that Jesus is the promised Messiah. Uh, verse 20 uh, reminds us that uh, in a dream, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and, and calls him Joseph, son of David. The scripture reminds us that the Messiah would come from the line of David. So here, the angel uh, approaches Joseph and, and confirms what was said through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Talking about the father of David, Jesse, it says, A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And it's talking about the promised Messiah. It's talking about Jesus, the son of David. You see, during this time, the Hebrew people were waiting for someone to come and deliver them. They were waiting, uh, the Jews were waiting for, for, for a Messiah. They were waiting for a king. They were waiting for a conqueror. They were waiting for someone to come and set them free from the Roman captivity. They wanted someone that would come with mighty works and, and mighty powers. They were waiting for someone that would do miracles. Someone that the crowds would follow. The armies would follow. They were waiting for a leader. They were waiting for a deliverer. They were waiting for a Messiah. And Jesus comes. And he fulfills every Old Testament prophetic word said about the Messiah. 
There are over 40 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus, and Jesus confirms them all. A few of them that Jesus confirmed. First, he confirms um, that the birthplace of the Messiah would be in Bethlehem, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Uh, Jesus also confirmed that the Messiah would be a descendant of Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. That the Messiah would come from the house of David, 2nd of Samuel, chapter 12. That the Messiah would be born of a virgin, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. That the Messiah, that the Messiah would be called Emmanuel, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Jesus' life qualifies him and he confirms every Old Testament prophecy that he is the son of David. His life wasn't only confirmed through Old Testament prophecy, but his life was a perfect example of what the Messiah would be. It was believed that many who just came and ran into Jesus and saw who he was, they themselves make the declaration that Jesus is the Messiah. Remember the triumphal entry the last week of Jesus before the crucifixion as he's riding in on a donkey? The whole crowd gathered together and they began to say, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the highest. And that word Hosanna in the original language has to do, it's a plea, help me please. And they were saying, help me please. They were saying, help us. It was a plea to the son of David. In other words, liberate us from this captivity. The people had gathered and they came to the conclusion themselves that Jesus was the Messiah. You see, his life was a perfect example of what the Messiah would be. Not just at that time, but in another occasion, Jesus was walking into the city and two blind men began to shout out, son of David, giving him a title of Messiah. Have mercy on me, on us. It was a declaration that he was the Messiah. His life proved it. Not just there, but when Jesus would do miracles, uh, the, the crowds were amazed. Matthew chapter 12, verse 23 says the crowds were amazed and they were saying, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? In other words, they were saying, because the Messiah would be just like this man. When we read genealogy in Luke chapter 3, we see that in the genealogy of Luke, Jesus is the Messiah, the son of David. And you know what I love at the end time, at the end time when it's all said and done, in Revelation chapter 22, Jesus will say these words. He will say, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. He himself will make the declaration, yes, I am the Messiah. So when we look at this prophetic word given to Joseph by the angel, calling him son of David, we see that Jesus fulfills every Old Testament prophecy. His life is the perfect example of what the Messiah would be. And, and he comes and, and he comes to save his people. This was important. Because the Hebrew people were looking for someone to save them. They were looking for someone that would be greater than Adam. That would be greater than Noah. Greater than Abraham. Greater than Isaac. Greater than Jacob. Greater than Moses. It would have to be the, the Messiah. 
And I love that the Hebrew people waited for their Messiah and Jesus comes. But the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them right to become children of God. In other words, there is an opportunity and an invitation for all of us, for you and for me. What a beautiful promise for the Gentiles. To all those who believe, that's us, we also have an opportunity to say, Jesus is our Messiah. If you need a deliverer, Jesus is the answer. Someone to help you out of captivity and darkness, Jesus, he is the answer. He is the savior of the world. He has fulfilled every prophetic word. His life is a perfect example of what the Messiah would be. He gave his life for the redemption of humanity and only the son of man, the son of God, Emmanuel, can do it. And he did it for you and he did it for me. And it proves that Jesus is the Messiah. And the church says, so we're talking about Jesus, the reason for Christmas. And we mentioned that uh, he has fulfilled all Old Testament prophecy. Number two, in these verses, we're reminded that Jesus came as the God-man. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to make Mary as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In these verses, we're reminding that Jesus is the God-man. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The angel was telling Joseph, no man has done this. The baby that she carries has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Mary will carry the Son of God, and he will be the Son of Man. He's 100% God. And he's 100% man. In these verses, we see that Jesus came as the God-man. Uh, Jesus, the son of God, born of a virgin, he subjects himself to the limitations of a human baby. The need to be fed, the need to be changed, the need to be cared for. Cared for. He subjects himself to hunger and thirst and pain and even emotional feelings like weeping, and disappointment. And this is the story of Christmas. Paul explains this well in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, when he says, Who being in the very nature of God did not, did not, consider, uh, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. He emptied himself, kenosis, he emptied himself. He humbled himself and took on the nature of a servant being made in human likeness. This is the story of Christmas. But make no mistake, he did not empty himself from his position or his authority or his power as God, but he subjects himself to the human body, to the position of a slave, but never releasing his deity, only choosing to place it under submission uh, of the human form for the purpose his father has sent him, to be the savior of the world. 
never losing his deity, his authority, or his power, but he brings it under subjection, becoming a servant. He brings it under, uh, uh, under humanity's spirit so that he can come forward and be the savior of the world. And the apostle Paul writes it right in 2nd of Corinthians when he says, verse eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 9, when he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. He is the God-man. He left heaven, came to earth so that one day you and I can be with him in heaven. He who was rich became poor so that one day you and I can be rich. This is the true meaning of Christmas, that Jesus, he is the savior of the world. John introduces Jesus beautifully. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all introduce Jesus different ways according to the purpose of the, of the gospel. But John's purpose in introducing Jesus is to introduce him as the God-man. Introduce him as deity, as God. And he introduces him in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 and 14 like this. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, with, he was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. God. He introduces Him as God. And then verse 14 reminds us of incarnation. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. He is the God-man. When we look at this and we read these verses, it says, in the beginning was the Word. It's talking about Jesus, His eternal position. The word is eternal. He was there from the beginning. And then it says the word was with God. It's talking about his position, always with God. And then it says, and the word was God. It's talking about his deity, that he is God. And through the word, all things were made. It's talking about his power and his authority and his ability for creation. And then in verse 14, it says, and that person became flesh. Talking about incarnation. He wrapped himself up in flesh and he became a servant for all of us. This is the reason for Christmas. This is the reason for Christmas. Maybe you're here today and you need a savior. Someone that can understand you. Someone that can sympathize with you. Someone that can save you. Jesus, the God-man, he is the answer. He is the savior of the world. And he is God. Because only God can save a lost world. Amen. He is God because only God can save a lost world. And he is man because only man can sympathize with man. Uh, he is God because only God can save, but yet he is man because only man can sympathize. He knows what you and I have gone through, yet he has not sinned. But he can meet us in our place of need because he knows what suffering is all about. He endured the cross so that he could approach us and say, I know what you're going through. I've suffered what you have suffered as well. He is God and he is man. Yes, you, you have been hurt. 
God has also been heard. You've been betrayed. Jesus has also been betrayed. You're going through some hard things. Jesus knows what it is to suffer and go through some hard things. But so isn't it wonderful to know that we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. That's why Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that, we may, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Isn't that awesome? That we, Jesus meets us there in our time of need because he understands. And I love that it says approach him with confidence. In other words, regardless of your failure, your sin, Regardless of your bad decisions, your weaknesses, your struggle, approach him with confidence because we have a high priest that can, uh, that can empathize with us, that can sympathize with us, that can meet us there. And he says, and you will find grace and mercy for the opportune moment, for the moment of need. Only, only God-man can offer that to us. Only God can save us. And only, man can, and only man can sympathize with us. Jesus is a God-man, and he meets us in our place of need. And Jesus, that's why he is. This is why we celebrate Christmas. And the church says, so we have four points we want to share with you today. The third one is, in these verses, we're reminded that Jesus came to abide with us. He came to abide with us. Verse 23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Which means God with us. Um, he walked on this earth 2,000 years ago, and through his Holy Spirit, he still lives and manifests himself in each and every one of us. God always wanted to have communion with man. He, from the beginning of creation, Adam and Eve walked the garden. The cool of the garden is what the scripture says. And, and God walked with them. And the triune God walked with them. And although a man destroyed that relationship, uh, Jesus restores that relationship. The Bible says, well, one man destroyed, one man restored. Um, Jesus restored that relationship and today we still have Emmanuel, God, with us. In a time when the disciples were afraid that Jesus was leaving them, he tells them this, I will always be with you. He tells them they were afraid. They, they didn't understand the next, uh, uh, the next uh, manifestation. And, and they, were, they were scared. And Jesus looks at them and says, I will always be with you. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God came and filled his people. And that presence of God uh, gave his disciples the assurance that Jesus was with them. And in fulfilling his promise, today we can say also that we know that Christ is in us. Through his Holy Spirit and through his word. I love that Jesus says this in John chapter 15 verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Then he says, ask anything that you wish. But it's a reminder that he's always with us. His presence is with us. 
Uh, what began in the manger 2,000 years ago is still active today through Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Savior of the world. But he did, he, he did much more than just enter into this world 2,000 years ago. But today, through his Holy Spirit, he still lives in each and every one of us. And how does God with us? It changes everything. It's not a religious experience. Jesus is not a historical figure only. He's not a mystical uh, figure. No, no. But he is alive and well. And through his Holy Spirit, he lives in each and every one of us today. Because of, the, because of Christ's death and resurrection, we can truly receive the gift of God, which is God with us. Not just with us as a friend who walks beside us. Although he does indeed walk beside us as a friend. But God with us means more than that. He comes to live inside of us. He gives us the strength that we need in our time of weakness. He gives us courage in place of fear. He gives us life in place of death or darkness. He gives us joy instead of sorrow. His presence within us changes everything. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. On the night before he died, Jesus promised that he would send us an advocate, the spirit of truth, who would come to live with us and be in us. And this was something all new to the disciples. No longer men needing a priest to uh, mediate between them and God. But because of Christ's death and resurrection and the descension of the Holy Spirit, he now lives with us every single day. Because of Jesus, Emmanuel. We are never alone. We can simply rest knowing that he is with us, that he loves us, and he will never leave us. And the church says, this is why we celebrate Christmas. And it's the story that we must share with our children and share with our family. We must carve out time in this season to bring attention to the reason that we have lights and a tree and presents. It is because Jesus, 2,000 years ago, wrapped himself up in flesh and he became the servant and savior of humanity. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is why we celebrate Christmas. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Our fourth point this morning is, in these verses we're reminded of his purpose. Verse 21 says, uh, his name is Jesus, which means Savior. He saves people from their sins. So the angel tells Joseph what his name will be and what his purpose will be. Uh, he will save people from their sins. We are reminded of his purpose. Jesus came with the mission to be our Savior. He came with the mission to be our Savior, to save man from their sins, from condemnation, and from death. The Bible teaches us this truth. Jesus said this, for the Son of Man, talking about incarnation there, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He identifies his mission clearly. Seek that which was lost. And he looks at us and he's clear in letting us know my purpose here is to keep us from condemnation. And I love 
that we are reminded that Christ seeks the lost by taking the initiative. It was Jesus' love for us that drew us into a relationship with him. He draws us to him. I know that many here today have felt at a time in your life uh, a yearning for God. Well, if that yearning was put in your heart, it's because God put that yearning in your hearts. Within us ourselves, there's not enough to find him. But he puts his grace within us and it draws us to him. Maybe you were in a time in your life where where you were so broken and so needy, you went to that place and you were like, I need God. It was God orchestrating that to draw you into him. He takes the initiative from the beginning in the fall of Adam and Eve. God took the initiative to, what? to save them. And, and now in incarnation, it was God taking the initiative uh, by sending his only begotten son, wrapping him up, himself up in flesh to save you and to save me. He took the initiative. I don't know if that means anything to you, but when I think that Jesus took the initiative to save me, it brings me to my knees and draws me into a spirit of humility that reminds me that I am not worthy of this. I am not worthy of this. Maybe you're here today and, and you're, 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 you're shaky in your faith. You're a little far from God in this season of your life. Draw strength from the reality that God is calling you. And if he's calling you, he's calling you exactly the way that you are. He knows past failures, he knows present failures, and he knows future failures, and he's still drawing us exactly the way that we are. He takes the initiative to save us and to lead us and to bless us because he came to seek and save that which was lost. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Christ seeks the lost personally and particularly. I love when we look in scripture, he calls people by name. There's so many stories that I can mention that you know of. He calls people by name. He's personal and particular. I want you to know today that God knows your name. He's intentional with you. He's intentional with your family. He's intentional with your children. Uh, he's personal with you. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. And Christ assures those who save him. I love that we're reminded that no one can take us from him. We can surrender ourselves. We can decide for ourselves to say, you know what? I'm not going to serve Jesus no more. People have made that decision. And they choose for themselves to apostatize, to backslide. They can choose. But no one can take you out of the hand of God. No one. No one can take you out of the hand of God. That is an insurance because when he saves us, he draws us into a covenant with him, a covenant of grace and love and mercy and patience and kindness and generosity and something that only can come from him and is to keep us and guard us. So maybe you're struggling in your faith. Be encouraged to know that he came. He's personal with you. He's taking the initiative with you. And if you desire, you can abide with him always. I love that Jesus said this verse, in John, this, this verse in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What a promise for us. And, and uh, Luke affirms this in Acts when he says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is the reason for Christmas. 
And the church says, Amen. Hallelujah. As I, as I close up our teaching uh, this morning, uh, these four points that we want to share with you here today, as we close up our last four points, we want to share them with you today. And we're reminded that Jesus is the promised Messiah. He's the promised Old Testament prophecy confirms it all. His life confirms it all. He is the promised Messiah. Um, no one has been able to say anything different. They try. They try to undermine the story of Jesus. They try to undermine the resurrection. They try to, to poke holes to create doubt. But 2,000 years later, it's still proven that Jesus is the promised Messiah. Uh, Jesus came as the God-man. He, God, he was with God in the beginning. Uh, and the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came as God. He is the God-man. If he was not God, uh, he could not save us. And if he was not man, he could not sympathize with us. But he came as the God-man to save us and to meet us in our needs. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. Because he is the reason for this season. He is the God-man. Jesus came to abide with us, Emmanuel. He's not distant. No. Uh, he's not far. No. No, he, he abides within us. His word abides within us. His presence abides within us. Yeah, 2,000 years ago in the incarnation, he was the living word. And now we have the written word, the Bible that resonates within our lives. And his Holy Spirit brings this word of truth. And, and he is Emmanuel that is with us every single day. And it changes everything. Because there's not a room in which we walk into that Jesus is not there. And every room we walk into, his presence is there. And it changes our posture. And it draws us to his feet because we know that he is Emmanuel, God with us. This is why we celebrate Christmas. And we are reminded of his purpose. As we celebrate this season, lights and trees and gifts and food and celebration and dancing and music which is beautiful let's do it let's enjoy it celebrate it with your family let's celebrate it as the church but that we would not forget that Jesus is the reason for the season that he came to seek and save what was lost that this is his purpose let us not get so lost in the season that we miss it, that we miss it. So I intentionally wanted to bring this today as we approach a week of Christmas that we would be intentional. No, your gifts are good. Jesus is better. Yeah, the lights are good. Yeah, the dancing and the music and the food, that's all good. But Jesus is the reason for this season. Yeah, as we gather and, and we come together and, and we get new clothes and we share. It's wonderful. Let's do it and let's have a good time doing it. But that we would not forget Jesus is the reason for the season. And the church says, hallelujah. If you received the teaching, can you give the Lord a hand clap? Hallelujah. 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 
going to invite you to stand this morning. This is a time when many come to church. Christmas season draws many to church. Invite someone also. Invite a neighbor. Uh, they're open to it. It's Christmas. They're open to it. They'll, they'll come. Be intentional. Invite your neighbors. Invite your friends. Invite your co-workers. Uh, we take advantage of the opportunity. It, it is Christmas and people get festive and religious and invite them to church let them come and, and hear that Jesus is the reason for the season maybe there's someone here today but the Lord is just speaking to you in a special way drawing you closer to him maybe there's someone here today who feels conviction who says you know as I celebrate all these seasons I forget and I feel conviction and I feel like I don't want to make that mistake no more. I want to be intentional in celebrating Jesus. You know, we talked about our birthdays in the beginning and celebrate our birthdays. and It's important, yes. Though, that we would bring that same attention or even a greater attention into Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe there's someone here today who's far from God feel like I need to draw closer I need to draw closer um, as we sing this next song and invite you to be bold and come to the altar maybe there's someone here who says um, man, I, I haven't been living for Jesus well today's a good day no one here has the right to judge no one we're all beggars that have found bread and all we're doing today is offering somebody a piece of bread that we already have found for ourselves Maybe there's someone here today who says, and I, I need Jesus. I want to approach this Christmas season right. I want to celebrate my Savior. Maybe there's someone here today who feels like, man, I'm, I'm a little lost. I'm a little broken. Uh, uh, it's time for me to get things right. I want to remind you that only Jesus, God and Jesus, man, can, can save you and sympathize with you. Hallelujah. If you're here today and the Lord is ministering to your life and, and really just kind of allowing His Word and His Spirit to resonate deep within you and you would like prayer as we sing this next song, the altar is open. Invited to come. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.